Years ago, I heard the story of a ham radio operator who overheard an older gentleman giving advice to a younger man. It's a shame that you have to be away from home and family so much, he said. Let me tell you something that has helped me keep a good perspective on my own priorities. You see, one day I sat down and I did a little arithmetic. The average person lives about 75 years. I multiplied 75 times 52 and came up with 3,900, which is the number of Saturdays that the average person has in his lifetime. It took me until I was 55 years old to think about this in any detail. And by that time, I had lived through over 2,800 Saturdays. I got to thinking that if I lived to be 75, I only had about 1,000 of them left to enjoy. He goes on and explained that he went out and he bought 1,000 marbles and he put them in a clear plastic container in his favorite work area at home. Every Saturday since then, he said, I've taken one marble out and I've thrown it away. I found that watching the marbles diminish, I focused more on the really important things in life. There's nothing like watching your life here on this earth run out to help you keep your priorities straight. Then the older gentleman finished. Now let me tell you one last thing before I sign off and take my lovely bride out to breakfast. This morning I took the very last marble out of the container. I figure if I make it until next Saturday, then I've been given a little extra time. Welcome to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast, a podcast designed to come alongside you and help you become the leader that you were created to be. We can't choose whether we will get any more time, but we can choose what we do with the time that we have. As we begin this new year, 2023, uh, most people will start with good intentions. As a matter of fact, people will say, this year is going to be different. This is going to be the year. Uh, We often call them New Year's resolutions. But the problem is they don't usually last long and they have little or no lasting impact. Hashtags like hashtag resolution fail will start trending on social media hours into the new year. Uh, 23% of people quit their New Year's resolutions in the first week. 43% of all the people expect to fail before February. And on average, only 9 to 12% of people keep their New Year's resolutions. Why is this? Well, because often good intentions never turn into action. Uh, Good intentions never turn into intentional living or living intentionally. In this episode, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how to take good intentions and turn them into impactful actions, intentional living, leading to your best year yet. You see, many people get into their 40s, 50s, 60s. They look around and they find themselves far away from where they thought they would be at this point in their lives. Perhaps that's where you find yourself at now. They become victims of what we call the drift. Uh, How did we end up here? Uh, Years ago, Wendy and I were in Jamaica, and we decided to get in a sailboat and go out, and we'd never done it before, and so we messed around with it and set the sail, and we were having a great time just, just sailing away. And what we didn't realize is, we thought, well, we'll just kick back and enjoy this. But what we didn't realize is, is that we were actually, the wind was taking us out of where we were supposed to be, and we found ourselves drifting into the open sea. And there were sirens going off, and they were trying to get us and back into the area that we needed to be, or else it could have been very disastrous. Obviously, we, we made it back. Sometimes that happens in our leadership. Sometimes that happens in our life. 
we begin to drift. We begin to be carried away slowly, uh, and we don't realize it. It's gradual. Uh, many people live life on a deferred life plan. Someday I'm going to do this, or one day I'm going to do that, and then one day never comes. And instead of actually fulfilling our purpose and meeting our goals, we drift away uh, into mediocrity, and we just survive and, instead of living a thriving life. A lot of people talk about the life they wish they lived or the life they want to live someday, but someday never comes. Uh, drifting, let me talk a little bit about that. Drifting is to uh, come to a place of loss of direction or purposefulness. Uh, it's any pattern or behavior that reduces a leader's impact or influence, and it's a cause for concern. Uh, drifting manifests in a variety of ways. We can see where many times leaders will distance themselves from their roles or they will lose, they will all of a sudden become a loss of interest or they'll express apathy or complacency uh, toward things that normally they'd be very excited about. Uh, perhaps you find yourself there right now. See, drifting leaders often, they concede their principles or their work ethic, permitting situations they never would have tolerated earlier in their careers. Leaders who isolate themselves from colleagues or resist feedback often have succumbed to this, this drift of where they're just drifting away and many will shut down or contribute very little or make fewer decisions. Those are all red flags. Michael Hyatt in his book, Living Forward, uh, shares four reasons why we drift. Uh, number one is it happens when we're unaware. I shared the story about Wendy and I in Jamaica. The same thing happens every time uh, I, we go to the ocean. The kids and I will get out into the ocean and we'll be playing around, maybe throwing a football or just horsing around. And you look up where you believe all your stuff is at or where even people that came with you are at and you'll realize that they're not there and that you don't recognize what you're looking at and then you look back up and you realize that you have been drifting completely unaware and you're not where you thought you were or where you should be. That happens in life and leadership. It happens when we're distracted. We live in a distracted society. People are more focused on devices and on everything else than they are uh, on people or what really matters in life. It happens when we're overwhelmed. Sometimes we have too many things going on. Uh, we've taken on more than we should or more things happen than what we had planned for and we feel swamped. But we convince ourselves this is only temporary. It's only a short season. We tell ourselves, so we'll get back to that once we get through all this. And Sometimes those seasons are legit, but often uh, those seasons are excuses and we lose our purpose. The fourth that he shares is it happens when we are deceived. We are often unconscious about the relationship between our beliefs and our reality. Uh, we convince ourselves that we can't change or we can't do that or I'll never be able to do that or I'll never be good enough. And so the dangers of drifting, uh, there are many, but one of the biggest ones is regret. We'll experience the if-onlys of life. We'll experience, man, if only I would have done this, or if only I would have tried this. We'll experience missed opportunities, what could have been, what should have been. You see, as I said earlier, a lot of people talk about going somewhere someday, but they never get started. What I want to challenge us in this episode is to stop drifting and to start moving. Uh, Dr. Maxwell says an unintentional life accepts everything and does nothing. An intentional life embraces only the things that will add to the mission of significance, the opposite of intentional living is not only drifting, but it's living by default. Most people don't lead their life. They accept their life. You see, if we're going to really accomplish something great, 
then we have to be intentional about it. Intentional living is a lifestyle that encourages us to define our priorities, get clear on what we want from life, and live each day in alignment with these priorities. I like what Michael Hyatt says. He says, one intentional choice at a time, and you can make the world around you better. Heather Dornadin, now Heather Camp, won the 2008 Indoor Big Ten Championship 600-meter dash after falling flat on her face during the race. The 600-meter race consists of runners running three laps around a 200-meter track. As a third and the final lap approached, Heather was in second place, ready to take first. Then in a split second, everything changed. She says, I was moving to pass and probably just didn't account for enough space for my long stride. I felt my heel get clipped once, and then the second time I knew I was going down. More than going down, she went sprawling. She skidded along the ground, her face bouncing on the red track as her momentum tossed her legs up behind her. Spectators gasped. The race for her was over, or so it seemed. But she tells her story. She says, maybe I just... They asked her, what, were, what was going through your mind when you fell? And she said, well, maybe I just closed my eyes tight throughout the process of skidding to a halt on my stomach, or maybe the positive vision of what I was hoping to accomplish in that race was stronger than the adversity that I faced because I had no idea that I fell like that. The first thing I remember seeing after, after falling was I was, I was, after falling was I was seeing my hands on the track, and there I was pushing off to go again. I figured that I'd just bent down at the waist, touched the track, and kept running. I do remember thinking, well, that's never good to have your hands on the track surface in the middle of the race. She goes on and she says, since I didn't think I fell as hard as I did, I was shocked to see how much of a gap it formed between me and the rest of the race. At that point in the meet, I knew the point scores were close for the team championship, so all I could really thought about was I need to keep running because if I finish, I'll at least earn one point. As I started running, I began to gain on one girl, and then the rest of the pack didn't seem that far away, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I caught them all? And then on the final curve, I heard the in-house announcer say, watch out for Heather Dornadin, and I thought, yeah, watch out, I'm coming. And from there, it was just this incredible surge of energy and an effortless press for the finish line. And she went on, and she won the race. You know, you may feel like right now that these last couple of years, 2020, 2021, 2022, you may feel like you got knocked down and just can't seem to get back up. And you may feel like you're just kind of living, but not really living intentionally. And today I want to give you four takeaways, which will help you live your best year yet and will help you live the life that you were created to live. In order to do that, I want to tell you a story in the Bible. There's a story in Deuteronomy, and it talks about a group of people, the children of Israel. There were several million of them. They had traveled. They were on the edge of the promised land. God had promised them that he was going to give them a land that flowed with milk and honey, that it was going to be a phenomenal place. And they're right on the edge of that, and they sent spies out and uh, some spies came back with one report and some came back with another. The majority came back with a negative report of what I call limited beliefs. They, they didn't believe that they could do what they were supposed to do in order to take the land. There were two others that they believed that they could do it. Long story short, it says in that passage that you've been wandering around this mountain long enough. 
The reality is, is what should have taken 11 days took 40 years because of limiting beliefs, because of the unbelief of a few, 10, who convinced the community that it can't be done, even though God says it can. Intentional living is coming to the place where you say, I'm going to quit believing what everyone else says about me, about my situation. I'm going to forget the limits or the hindrances of the past. Today is a new day, and this is a new time. A lot of people say a new year, a new me, but they never follow through because they don't take it from good intentions to intentional living or living intentionally. Well, today I'm going to give you again four things that will help you turn it from good intentions to intentional living. Let's, let's live intentionally and let's have our best year yet. The first one is, number one, our vision, what we see. When you go back 40 years previous, when they spied out the land, what should have taken 11 days, it took 40 years. When they went there, we have 12 people that went out and they saw the same thing. And even though they saw the same thing, they saw it differently. I love what Andy Stanley says. He says, vision is a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. Two had that clear vision and conviction. Ten did not. Two saw that the giants in the land, but said that they're like grasshoppers in our eyes because God is with us and we can actually do this. The other 10 saw the same thing, but they saw it differently. They saw a land full of giants and they said, we are like grasshoppers in their eyes and we cannot win. How are you looking at your life right now? How are you, what do you see? Do you see the life that you dreamed or do you see a life that you're living right now that is more like a nightmare? I want, to, I want to give you a takeaway for each one of these of what you can do to actually visualize the life that you were created to live and then begin to actually live that life. I want to challenge you to do this. I want to challenge you to consider an ideal day. If you were able to design your perfect day from beginning to end, what would it look like? And so I want to encourage you to do is I want you to sit down and I want you to write out the times of the day and write out an ideal day, what it would look like. And then I want you to write out an ideal week. And I want you to begin to visualize what your life, not, not maybe what it is right now, but what it can be and what it will be if you're able to see the vision and put that before you. The second thing is, is our thinking, what we believe, what we believe. The word of God, Solomon said years ago, as a man thinketh, so is he. Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are right. The way we think determines the life we live. The life that you're living right now is a result of thoughts that you've been thinking and a mindset that you have. So how can we change our thinking and change our life? How can we change our mindset, change what we believe so that we can live our best life and experience the best year yet? Turn good intentions into intentional living. Well, the first thing I want to encourage you to do is identify limiting beliefs. What are limiting beliefs in your life? What are things that you tell yourself consciously or subconsciously where you tell yourself, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. This is as good as it's going to get. Identify those limiting beliefs, write them down, 
and then we're going to reframe them. We're going to rewrite them, and, to, and we're going we're to lift off the limits, and we're going to change them from limiting beliefs to liberating truths. The second thing I want to encourage you to do as you're thinking about, because our thinking determines what we believe, and uh, is express gratitude every day. I want to challenge you to write down three things that you're grateful for in a notebook. I want to challenge you to send a text to a friend or a letter to a family member expressing gratitude. I want to encourage you to, you know, we talk about Thanksgiving. I want to challenge you to live a life of thanks living and an attitude of abundance and gratitude. We often say when we're trying to do something, how long will it take? Well, I want to change our mindset from saying how long will it take to think about how far can I go? How far can I go? Not how long is it going to take, but how far can I go? And here's some questions that may help you in your thinking. How do I want to be remembered? This is something you can go over individually or with your team. How do I or how do we want to be remembered? Another question is, is what matters most? And the third one is, how can I get from here to where I want to be? How can I get from here to where I want to be? J.P. Morgan said the first step toward getting somewhere is decide you're not going to stay where you are. I love what Dr. Carolyn Lee says. She says, what you think with your mind changes your brain and body. And you are designed with the power to switch on your brain. Your mind is that switch. You have the extraordinary ability to determine, achieve, and maintain optimal levels of intelligence, mental health, peace, and happiness, as well as the prevention of disease in your body and in your mind. You can, through conscious effort, gain control of your thoughts and feelings, and in doing so, you can change the programming and chemistry of your brain. She goes on and she says, Breakthrough neuroscientific research is confirming daily what we instinctively knew all along. What you are thinking every moment of every day becomes a physical reality in your brain and the body, which affects your optimal mental and physical health. She goes on and she says, Your attitude... And not your DNA determines much of the quality of your life. And so think about what you think about and change your thinking. The third area is our confession, what we say. Our confession. Uh, we meet these group of people and we see the 10. They say, we are not able to do this. We cannot do this. And they spread such a negative report that they convinced a whole nation of people that they couldn't do it and they missed out on the promised land and what should have taken 11 days took 40 years and went to their children, the next generation. Yet there were two of them that said, we are well able to do this. We can do this. It reminds me of the 1980 Winter Olympics in Lake Placid, the story of the American hockey team, which basically was made up of men barely out of their teens. Some of them were just out of college. Some of them were still in college. All of them were basically amateurs. They were given no chance of winning the gold medal because to win it, they would have to defeat the mighty, awesome, unbelievable, talented Russian hockey team, a team that we had not beaten in Olympic competition in 20 years, a team that was literally considered to be invincible. In 1980, the American team won their first game, their second and their third games, and they moved into the medal round. They were to face the Russian team in the semifinals. Almost nobody thought they could win the game. They gathered in the locker room before the game and Coach Herb Brooks looked at the faces of his players and he knew he had just one chance to say something to them. And he said one sentence, Men, you were born to play this game. 
Men, you were born to play this game. As one man, they arose and they went out on the ice and they defeated the mighty Russian team and they went on to beat Finland to win the gold medal against all odds. You see, I want to encourage you today that you were born to play this game. You were born for such a time as this. You were, listen, you were created on purpose with a purpose. Quit speaking negative things over your life. Quit calling yourself names. So many people say, oh, I'm dumb or I'm an idiot or I'm a loser or this could never happen and I'm not good enough. I'll never be like them. Quit, get rid of that negative thinking and begin to speak life over your life. Begin to speak words of hope and words of success and words of blessing over your life and and do it now. I, I love what John Maxwell said. He said, he said, I would... Every day, I would, 50 times every day and every night, I would say, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. Because you see, not only do we have to have our confession, what we say, but number four, we have to have our decision, what we do. Our decision, what we do. When we read the the text that I was sharing with you about the 10 spies and the 12 spies, we see that the difference between the 10 that were negative and the two that were positive is they had a different spirit about them. They didn't just talk about it. They did something uh, about it. A lot of leaders look at leaders and they say, I want to do what they do, but they're not willing to do what that leader did in order to get to do what they are doing. See, there's three kinds of people. There are people who don't know what they would like to do and they dabble and they drift. There are people who know what they would like to do, but they don't do it. And there's a lot of people there and they just become, it's a life of frustration. But then there are people who know what they would like to do, and they do it. You have to make a decision, and you have to take that decision and put it into action. Now, I'm going to give you a couple small practical ways to do that. One is to create a foundation of small daily actions. You know, your your life is really going to be made up of what you do on a consistent basis, uh, the habits, the actions that you do on a regular basis. And so, I want to encourage you to set aside and and I want to encourage you to start with making your bed every morning, make your bed every morning. You know, that's traditionally known as a keystone habit done first thing in the morning. And it literally can, they they, they say they've researched it. They say you can trigger other successful habits to come after it by simply just getting up and making your bed and getting that early win. Now I want to encourage you to create some other small foundational actions, whether it's uh, taking time to pray for a few minutes or taking time to read scripture or taking time to exercise, maybe do some push-ups or setups or read a few pages in a book. In other words, consistent action. And once you're consistent, then you'll eventually see results. What am I talking about? I'm talking about taking good intentions and turning it into intentional living. Now, let me give you a few more practical ways that you can actually do this. In other words, live it out. Uh, one of the things I do is uh, the night before, it, it doesn't really even start in the morning with making the bed, but even the night before is reflect on your day and then look at your tomorrow. So tonight you reflect on your day and say, well, here's how the day went. Here's maybe what was the wins. Here's what maybe I need to change. And then you look at tomorrow and say, okay, what's tomorrow look like? And you begin to lay out tomorrow. Another thing that will help you start your day off better tomorrow is by getting your clothes ready 
today, tonight. Another thing that really is helpful, another practical uh, thing that will help you is uh, having a morning ritual. We all have morning rituals. It's just that we often don't have intentional morning rituals. In other words, we don't take and make it into intentional living uh, where it's strategic. And so for me, when I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is I, I read the verse of the day. I pray. I get up. I get ready. You may have as a morning ritual, uh, read, uh, pray, uh, work out, breakfast, get ready. And then I want to encourage you to come up with a workday startup ritual. Many people get to work and before they ever spend any time working, they do a bunch of other stuff. So again, whether, you, whether you're intentional about your morning ritual, your work startup ritual, you have one. Uh, some it may get a cup of coffee, you may check emails, maybe look over your day, but be strategic about setting up your morning ritual. And then last month, I shared about goal setting and how to set smarter goals. Let me give you uh, something today of how we can do those goals. In other words, not just be goals, but be do goals, things that we're going to accomplish by giving you uh, a goal achievement strategy. And, and here's what I do. And, and this is this is helpful. First of all, I sit down and hopefully you've already done this. If not, you can take time and do it. And I'll write out my annual goals. And I might come up with anywhere from seven to 12 goals. Typically, I'll come up with about a dozen goals. And then what I want to do is I want to try to hit two or three of those goals per quarter. And so I begin to ask questions and you can do this individually or as a team. Uh, which are the most important goals to me? What's most urgent? What do I have the capacity to accomplish? And you begin to lay them out. A second practice is your weekly big three, your weekly big three. So on Sunday, I will typically after church uh, sometime in the afternoon or evening, I will take a look at my entire week and I'll write it out. Now, I know it's going to change, but I'm at least going to be intentional about laying it out in a strategic way. And I'm going to write down what are the three biggest things that I want to accomplish this week? And then I break it down to a third practice called the daily big three. And so the night before when I'm reflecting and when I'm looking ahead, and then the next morning when I'm looking, part of my morning ritual, I look at my top three goals. Now I may have a list of 10, 15, 20 things that I need to do that day, but I look at my top three and I get those done first. And let me tell you, when you get your top three done first, you'll have momentum. And next thing you know, you'll be accomplishing much more uh, than you ever thought you could accomplish in a day. And then at the end of the day, it's important to have a workday shutdown ritual, what you do at work, and then when you go home, that you have an evening ritual as well. These are practical things that will help you have your best year yet. And see, I really believe that 2023 is going to be the best year yet, but it's only going to be that way if we turn good intentions into living intentionally. Thank you for listening to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. For more information or to download the leader guide for this episode, you can go to our website, larrycrawford.live. To get in touch with us, send us an email at leadership at larrycrawford.live.